Uh, well, guys, I just want to kind of cut to it. I, I just have two main things to share with you. There is lots, it's not just two things. There's lots of stuff packed in this morning. But there's two main principles I kind of want to get across as we kind of close out um, this thought of, uh, that God wants to change us. That that's actually God's goal for our life is spiritual transformation. And so uh, along those lines, uh, here, here's, here's the main idea this morning. I want you to know that personal commitment to studying, thinking about, and responding to the Word of God leads to deep spiritual growth. Okay? I'm going to say that again. Personal commitment to studying, thinking about, and responding to the Word of God leads to deep spiritual growth. Alright? Uh, that, is, that is our desire. We want deep growth. Now, uh, I, I want to be honest with you. So I, I, I put together a graphic, and I, and, and I chose these words like very carefully. So uh, I, I couldn't use the word the most growth because a lot of growth happens, uh, I call it surface level growth, right? Uh, so, so, so here's the way we envision discipleship in our church. And this is what we've been talking to you about. Now it all kind of makes sense in, in a picture. So first and foremost, uh, we think people on a regular basis, because the Bible says don't forsake it, uh, should be uh, attending and participating actively in worship. Okay, you guys see that? Top of the pyramid, biggest one, biggest doors, most room. Uh, this is the thing you've got to put on your calendar. Every Sunday you should be here unless you're sick uh, or, you know, you're out of town. Okay, like, like that's the deal. So, so active participation. Now we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God wants to change us through worship. Active participation means I'm actively listening. I'm actively taking notes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm then, when I leave, I'm, I'm thinking about what was said. I'm talking about it. That's called processing. We need that. Okay, so if you come to church and you sing a few songs and you leave, you can't remember what was talked about, you don't think about what was talked about, and you, and you don't talk about what was talked about, I'm going to tell you the change is going to be minimal, okay? Uh, however, if you do those things, the change could be great. Uh, it, it, maybe you know somebody that that happened to them. They, they never went to church. Their life was a mess. They walked in one Sunday going, I don't know what's going to happen. They met the Lord. Radical change in their life. And it, and it just started with showing up and worshiping Jesus, right? So that's a big deal. So we start there. So, uh, so worship, active participation, uh, Sunday morning. So, so that's, that's step one. Now step two, we talked about last week. Our goal for you is to move from this group into a smaller group. And uh, why? Because you need to study the Bible with other believers. Talk to you about that in Jesus' life, in Jesus' ministry. He taught the crowds. And then after he taught the crowds, he got alone with the twelve. And he explained to the twelve what he was teaching. We looked at the book of Acts, how, how uh, over 3,000 people would meet in church and there'd be teaching. But then they would go into homes where they would break bread together. And I told you my personal belief is that it's there that they would, again, just because they were models, they, it was modeled for them by Jesus, that there they would, they would break down further what was being taught, right? Uh, the, the, this concept's really, really important. And so we said, uh, the second thing we need to do is, is attend Bible study. Now, we've got all kinds of different Bible studies here, guys. So uh, in a moment, when we're done, when we finish up our service, we've got Bible studies uh, here on Sunday morning. So uh, if you've got kids, you, you head upstairs. We call it the upper room. We've got great teaching up there. If, if you're an empty nester, uh, you stay downstairs. We've got a men's class, a women's class, and a couple's class, all for empty nesters. That's downstairs. We've got programs for kids, and our youth are still meeting in the white building for two more weeks, and that all changes, and then they have to go upstairs too. So, uh, like, we've got Bible studies on Sunday morning. We also have new Bible studies starting on Wednesday night. So our ladies just
just started on Wednesday night, and our men's group is starting on Wednesday night. So we, we want you to be a part of those, right? But there are some other Bible study opportunities. We still have a few small groups that meet in homes. And if you're interested, you know, I can try to uh, put you in touch with that. Or you may go, hey, you know what? We need to start a small group again. All of that is smaller group Bible study. And in, in that, we're going to interact with the Word of God. Um, we're going discuss to and discuss it. And, and all of those groups, by the way, if you're in a Bible study here at First Baptist, should involve discussion. And, uh, and we challenge all of those groups to get together outside of church to do something. So my Sunday school leaders are challenged, hey, try to plan something outside the walls, like a get-together, go out to dinner. Again, it's just part of this concept, doing life together. So, so it's worship, it's Bible study, and then this morning what I want to talk to you about is personal study. That's personally studying the Bible, thinking about it, responding to it, sharing it uh, with what we'll call, and I'll introduce in a little bit, a D group of three, two, four people, okay? And, and, and all of this, uh, our belief, all of this leads to change, Right? And, and here's the biblical basis for this personal study that I want to share with you this morning. It comes from Joshua 1a. Now, there's a ton of verses we could go to. I, the first time I tried to preach this concept, I had about 15 verses written down. I was like, you guys don't need all 15 verses. So I want to give you my favorite of those 15. And it's Joshua 1a. And, and here is uh, what God says. Uh, it, it says, this book of instruction uh, must not depart from your mouth. You're to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it, for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Okay? So, so uh, I'm going to leave Joshua 1.8 on the screen. You be looking at that. I'm going to go back and, 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 and say again what my first point was, that personal commitment to studying, think about, responding to the Word of God leads to deep spiritual growth. So I want to show you that in Joshua 1.8. So let's go to that next slide, and, and here's, here's the breakdown, right? Uh, so, so the Word says... Um, that the book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Well, what is that? That's study. That's study. If, if, if it doesn't depart from my mouth, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly in it. I'm always studying it, right? So that's really important to, to your personal walk. Uh, then, then God says, and meditate on it day and night. Well, what is meditating? It's thinking about. So I didn't just read it. I didn't just study it. But, but then I actually thought about it. Like I walk away... Uh, can, can I let you guys know this? I, I know some of you do Bible reading plans, and that's awesome. You wake up every morning, you read a chapter or five chapters. I'm going to read the Bible in 90 days. All that's great. But if all you do is read it, and you don't spend a good chunk of your day thinking about what you read, the amount of change is going to be, it's going to be less than it should be. That's what it's going to be, okay? So, so I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to think about it. And then uh, finally, God's Word says, and observe everything written in it. Well, what is that? Well, that's responding to the Word. The Bible's meant to change us, right? So, so we don't read it to finish, we read it to change. Can I say that again? We, we don't read the Bible to finish, we read the Bible to change. Like that's, that's why we read it. So we interact with it, we think about it, and then we respond to it. We change because of what we've read. And so we want to help you do that uh, here at First Baptist. Uh, so this is our spiel kind of at the, at the beginning of every year. Uh, and so one of the things I've got for you guys is... And we, we have these available. Um, so, so these journals, um, you, you can just get one if you want one. If you want to make a donation to help cover costs, you can. You don't have to, though. Um, they're, they're free. And, and inside, uh, if you don't like the journal, that's cool. Uh, but these are meant to, to work with a, a smaller group of person, people, but they can also just work for you. But inside is our new Bible reading plan. And this starts February 1st, or January 31st, actually. So, so it starts... Not next Sunday, but the next Monday, uh, it picks up. We've got 10 months of Bible reading for you uh, that we already have planned out, and this is going to take you through half of them, okay? This is going to get you into the middle of the summer. 
And, and we're going to start in, in 1 and 2 Samuel. We're going to do that because starting next week, I'm going to start a new series uh, that, that is based upon uh, the battle of David and Goliath. And we're going to talk about giants in our own life and, and, and what we're battling and, and who wins and how they win and all those kind of things. So we're going to dig into all that stuff. But I want, I want you reading the Bible. So, so, uh, so that this is kind of our gift to you. We want you in the Word. But here's the deal. I realize that reading the Word's not enough, right? You have to read it, you've got to think about it, and you've got to apply it, all those kind of things. So we want to help you. So I'm going to give you tools, and, uh, and this journal does some of that, but I'm going to give you some tools this morning for when you start reading the Bible. Because the goal is to get you reading the Bible every day, or at least consistently. Our Bible reading plans are, by the way, it's five days a week. That gives you two cheat days, Okay. Two cheat days. You think about like a diet, okay? You've got to have a couple of cheat days to stay with it. So we're going to give you a couple of cheat days because I realize like, like Sunday morning, you may be coming here to talk about what you've read. Like, so we, we get those things. So, so here's the deal. Bible reading plan is uh, it's five days a week. Um, we're going to do 10 months, and, and you'll see why. In, in Christmas, we do an Advent study, so you're still in the Word. But, um, but I want to help you along the way. So we've got some Bible study methods I want to recommend to you. When you read the Bible, how do you really study it? How do you break it down? How do you think about it? How do you respond to it? So, so here's uh, some of my favorite methods. Uh, now, we taught this one last year. It's called the HEAR method. I've got it on the screen. So HEAR, H-E-A-R. Uh, now, that's, that's highlighted, by the way, in these books. So if you want to grab one of these books for free, it walks through how to do the HEAR method. Uh, but basically, when you read your Bible, we do a chapter a day. So you read your Bible, you highlight what stands out. You say, that's kind of odd. Yep, whatever stands out, you just highlight it. You just highlight it. That's step one. Step two is you explain it. Now, that's where the study comes in. That means you get a study Bible, you get some study notes, you go online, uh, whatever you need to do to try to figure out what you highlighted. So I highlighted this. What does this mean in context? In the context of how it's written, what does this actually mean? So you explain it. Uh, Then you, you try to apply it. Okay, Lord, is there something I'm supposed to do in my life because of what? Is there a reason that stood out to me? Is there some, so how do I apply this in my life? And then the, the final thing is we respond, right? So, so God, what do I need to do uh, or change because of what I've read? And that response can be an action plan or it could be a prayer. So that's one, one method is, is the here method. Uh, my, my method for, for studying the Bible, I've been doing it for a little while, uh, is, is, is a little more simple. It's, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't come off as easy as here. Uh, it's OIA, OIA, observation, interpretation, application. Um, and, and so now this has with it, by the way, the thought that you got to respond somehow. Like that's not, so you could add an R if you want to. Uh, but basically I, I read the Bible and I observe what stands out. Is there anything repeated? What's the main idea of the text? Uh, is there a command? Is there, it, you know, anything that's imperative? So, so it's kind of this broad, again, obs- observe what the text says. What's the most important thing? What's repeated? Uh, what, what's the main idea? Uh, all the, is there a word that I don't know? Anything that stands out to me, so I'm going to observe those things. Interpret. Interpret means I figure out what those things meant uh, in the context of what they were written, okay? And then, and then I figure out what that might mean to me today. So that's all under the eye there, right? And then, and then there's, there's the application. Okay, God, what do I need to do because of what I've read? And that's, that's typically, so when you guys come, you'll notice on, on your sermon notes, you, you have observations and applications. Your observations that you write down are actually my interpretations from my observations. Don't worry, I don't want to give you a headache. But that's how it works, right? That's how it works. So observation, interpretation, application. Great way to study the Bible. I love it, okay? I love it. Now, uh, here is another one of my favorite methods. This one's really, uh, really, really cool. Um, it is, uh, it is spec, 
right? Spec. And, if, you know, if you drive past specs, there you go. You're thinking about it now. There you go. See, it's stuck now. There you go. You're like, ha I got it. Okay, so ready. Uh, number one. So I'm reading. Again, I'm reading the text. I'm going, like, hey, I want to grow, God. I want to change. How would I change? So I'm reading the Bible. And, and so here's, here's what I go. Okay, in the passage I read, in the chapter I read, it w- did it point out any sin that I need to confess? Right? So you're reading the Old Testament, you hear about the sin of the Israelites, and they're like, we want a king for ourselves, and you realize you're a little too caught up in politics. You're like, dang, God, excuse me. God, I'm so sorry that I've got swept up in this. You're supposed to be the, 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 the king, the ruler of my life. Forgive me for always getting caught up in this junk, right? So is there any sin that I need to confess, right? Uh, P, is there any promise to claim? Does God make a promise in, in, the, in the chapter that you read? Okay, well, that promise, claim it. Man, yeah, I'm a child of God. That applies to me too. God, you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. So I'm going to write that down. God, even though I feel alone right now, you haven't left me. You haven't forsaken me. I'm claiming that sucker, right? Uh, uh, example to follow. Is there an example to follow, right? Not just, not just a command, but is there an example to follow? Did somebody treat somebody in a certain way? Uh, you, you think about like, uh, you know, we're going to talk about David soon. So think about the relationship between David and Jonathan. And, and, and the loving, you know, friendship they had. Is that, that's an example to follow, man. Do, do I treat my friends the way that David treated Jonathan and vice versa, right? I, I need to make sure I'm doing that. Okay, uh, command to obey. When you read, uh, this would be, you know, if you get into original language, anything imperative. It, 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 like sometimes, you know, Jesus doesn't use the word command before he says it, but he says love your neighbor as yourself. That's a command, y'all. That is. That's, that's an imperative statement. You need to go do this. Right? If, if somebody asks you for, for a coat, you, you, give him, you give him two, right? You go the extra mile. Those, those are actually like commands. Those aren't, those aren't just like, oh, that's kind of a nice thought. Uh, and, and if you didn't like it as a command, it should at least be an example to follow, right? So you're doing spec, you, you got it. And the last one is, is, is K. Uh, does, this, does this text teach me any knowledge, any, any, anything about God? Maybe does it show me God's mercy? Does it show me God's kindness? Does it show me God's just nature or, or His wrath? Does it teach me anything about God? So these are just ways to study the Bible. Because the Bible, we don't read it to finish. We read it to... Come on. I said it three times. We don't read the Bible to finish. We read the Bible to... What's the name of the series? Change. We read the Bible to change, right? So, uh, so as you do that, you want to do that. Now, that's going to get you a long way in, in when we say personal commitment to studying the Bible, thinking about it, and responding to it. But, but I found a huge part of that last one, of that response, also needs to involve prayer. Also needs to involve prayer. Typically, the way that I respond when I read the Bible involves prayer. I'm writing out a prayer to God. It, it may include an action plan. Okay, God, I need to do this. I need to change that. Or, or I, I'm, 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 you know, just talking to God. Uh, but I find that that's an area of struggle for Christians. Okay? You don't have to raise your hands. Well, let's do it anyway, just so other people know. How many of you have ever struggled with your prayer life or keeping it fresh? Anybody? Okay, cool. So let me help you out. I'm going to give you some more things to try. So these are methods. They're just tools. This isn't like, oh, if I do that and that and that. Just some ways to help, okay? So I'm going to give you three methods for prayer as well. Uh, number one, uh, ACTS. ACTS. A-C-T-S, okay? So uh, A stands for adoration. Uh, that's God, you're awesome. You don't actually repeat that, but you, you talk to God. I mean, you can, but, but then explain to God why, why, why he's awesome. Not just, God, you're awesome. So, so, like, just don't say, God, you're awesome, I'm not, thank you, help me. Like, that's not the way we're praying. Um, unless, you know, like, maybe a car's coming your way. So, uh, but, but it's, God, you're awesome, here's why you're awesome. Uh, confession, the C is for confession. I'm not, God, here's why I'm not. 
Here's all the stuff going on in my life. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's, here's how I, I blew it yesterday. Or this morning, right? So I'm, I'm not. It's this confession of my own sin. The T stands for thanksgiving. Thank you for number one in spite of my number two, right? Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for grace. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for my family. Thank you for providing for me. If you, you, could, you could spend hours in prayer just on T, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then supplication, that's the last part. Help me. Now, that's typically where we spend most of our time, by the way. Uh, so I, that's, we put it last. We go, man, if you've done these other three right, then this one maybe is not the longest thing on your list anymore. But it's, but it's here's what's going on, God. I love you. Help me. Okay, so that's one method of prayer. Um, the, the other one, I, I mean, this should help you when you're trying to remember how to pray. It's just pray. It's just pray. That's the acronym. P-R-A-Y, right? So uh, P, praise. Again, God, you're awesome. Here's all the reasons I think you're awesome. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what you're doing. Uh, R, repent. Okay? Uh, by the way, repent isn't just I'm not. I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple for you. But it's not just I'm not. But, but Lord, not only am I not awesome, here's what's going on. I'm sorry for it. And I'm changing my behavior. That's why I'm talking to you about it right now. That's repentance. Okay? So we're, we're changing. I realize this is sin. I'm talking to you about it. We're calling it out because I want to change, right? Uh, A, help me do so. You ask for help. Okay, God, I want to change. Help me change. And this is my favorite part of, of this method is yield. I surrender. God, I surrender. I, I, I surrender all to you. I, I submit this whole area of my life to you because I want to change. I, I, I'm going to give you my temper whole. I'm giving it to you. God, I'm going to give you my drive in my car and my, my, my foot on the pedal on the right side. I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm going to give you my mouth, right? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you my marriage. I'm going to give you my kids. I'm going to give them to you, God. I'm going to trust you with them, right? This yielding, it's, it's huge. It's huge, right? Uh, and then lastly, I, I, of course, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Um, now, when I, when I try to teach on the Lord's Prayer, I don't, I mean, it's cool if you memorize it, and that's all good. Um, we're not Catholic, uh, necessarily. I, I don't, I don't, I, there's, there's power here, okay? But I think the true power is in the method of prayer. It's, it's not just in, in the exact words that Jesus spoke, although those words have great power. So, so Jesus begins, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. That's the same thing we've been talking about. That's praise. God, you, you, you are all powerful. You can do anything. That's why I'm talking to you, God. Right? You're, you're in heaven. You can do anything. And then, and then here's, here's the shift. Ready? I want your will to be done, not mine, because it's best. Your kingdom come in my life. Your kingdom come on earth. Your kingdom come in this church. Your kingdom come in this city. God, I want to see you move. I want to see you alive. I want to see people that were dead come to life. Right? I want to see the valley of the dry bones. Get up and walk. God, your kingdom come. Be done here and start in my heart. Right? And so we're praying the Lord's Prayer, right? And, and, then, and then, hey, you still get your part? God, God, give me today what I need. Give me today what I need. God, you know what I need before I even ask. I'm going to ask anyway because you're my dad. And I'm struggling with this. God, would you please take care of this for me? Then we move on to forgiveness, right? Confession. God, I'm a sinner. Man, forgive me of everything that I did yesterday, of everything I'm doing today. God, forgive me of my sins. And Lord, here's, here's a kicker. Help me forgive all those that are going to sin against me today. Because I want them to see you in me, 
not me and me, right? And then I love the last part. And please, God, I'm an idiot. Lead me not into temptation. I, I am the dumb sheep that will walk into the lion's den. Lord, you know me. <laughs> so protect me. <laughs> Put up detours. God, if I got to walk all the way around, I'd rather walk all the way around today than walk into that dadgum pit, you know. <laughs> Help me, Lord, today. Lead me not to temptation. So should we just take the Lord's Prayer and we own it. We make it personal. We make it ours. Does that make sense? Okay? Does it make sense? Okay? So our first point, guys, personal commitment to studying, thinking about, responding to the Word of God leads to deep spiritual growth. Leads to deep spiritual growth. Listen, as you commit, like maybe your church attendance hasn't been awesome, and you're like, okay, I'm going to commit to church attendance. You're going to see change in your life if you, if you come and you actually you know, participate and, 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 and you listen and you think about and you talk about. You'll see great change there. You get into a Bible study, you'll see even more change. But the deep change. Now here's the thing. You do the, the first two, I'm so excited for you. I am. And, and that, that may create a lot of, I call it surface level changes. You might change the way that you talk. You might change some habits. You might do, but if we don't do the deep thing, if we personally don't come to know God and His power in our life, we don't get deep, the problem is life will flip a page on you like that. And life will, life will go from it being great and God being awesome to it being really hard. And if all we've done is change surface level behaviors, the Bible says that when life gets tough, we'll get blown away or tossed aside. So that, I, I'm, I'm telling you guys, that triangle, that purple area, my belief, God's goal for your life is down there. It's where he wants every follower to get to eventually. Okay, It's okay if you're not there yet. But I'm telling you, that's where God wants us to get. That's why we spend so much time talking about it. Okay, so that's our second point. Because deep growth is our goal, Scripture encourages us to invite a small group of people into our lives for encouragement and accountability. Okay? So, so, so because God wants deep growth for us, so because deep growth is our goal, Scripture encourages us to invite a small group of people into our lives for encouragement and accountability. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, Jesus modeled it. Again, taught to the large groups, okay? Taught, taught to crowds. Then he grabbed his 12 and explained, okay? But then he had three guys that he withdrew with. Three. That's it. Just had three guys. Jesus kind of modeled that. Uh, we, we see uh, that Scripture's full of this kind of idea, right? Galatians 6.2. And these are Scriptures we've talked about for the last three weeks, but I want to now explain why I've been talking uh, to you uh, about them. So Galatians 6 2, carry one another's burdens in the way in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Can I ask you a question? How do you carry someone's burden? You have to know it. You gotta know it. And you're not gonna know somebody's burden in worship. In this setting where we're all spread out and you know in the second service we may have hundred and fifty people in a room. And you're not gonna know one another's burdens. You, you probably won't know one another's burdens in Bible study necessarily. You might have a hint, but you know where you really get to know one another's burdens, what's really on them, what's really heavy, is by doing life with them. All right? And that's that smaller group of, of people. James uh, five sixteen says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful, it's effective, right? Well, guess what? We don't do that in large groups either, do we? We don't have like open mic. Who, who wants to come up? I'll grab the mic. Anybody just want to come up and start confessing all the deep, dark, terrible things they've done this week? Not in this setting, right? Because, it, now, now listen, confession is important. 
It's really important to change, to confess I'm struggling to somebody. But you need to do that in a trusted environment where you've got two or three people that you know aren't going to go blabbing that to the whole world. Because I'll tell you, the moment that you share your heart with somebody about something like that, and they go and blab it to the whole world, man, you're going to withdraw, right? And so it's got to be in a trusted group. I, pro- I, I think that's what uh, Solomon meant in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. He says, iron sharpens iron. And, and look at that, look at that. He says, one person sharpens another. Not a hundred people sharpen a hundred people, but one person is sharpening another. There's intimacy in these words, right? And, and the purpose of that kind of relationship. The purpose of accountability in the Christian life. And I, I want you to write this down. This is huge. The purpose of accountability in the Christian life is always, it's always encouragement. It's always encouragement. Okay? Accountability is not meant to beat someone up or beat someone down. That's not accountability. Now, you may, I've got some people in, in, in my uh, D group. I've got one guy in particular that is like, hey, I've given you full permission to be mean to me. You have it. So sometimes he wants me to beat him up. When he's being an idiot, he wants me to beat him up. I've given the same permission in my life. Hey, dude, if I'm being an idiot, I want you to kick me, okay? Like hard, uh, in the shins. Like, like you get after me. So, so there's, there's some level, but, but primarily we're not there. Like we, when we come and we're, we're already fallen and we failed, like we don't need more. Right? We need some, hey, dude, you're better than this. Come on, man, what are you thinking? Let's go. Let's go. You know what you need to do. Go get along with Jesus. Go get on your face. Confess that sin and let's go. You're better than this. Your kids deserve better, man. There's more at stake. It's not about you. Now, that, that may sound like hard. That's still love. It's encouragement. Man, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your family. Don't, don't give up on redemption, right? It's, that's, that's the source of accountability is this, is this encouragement. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you're already doing. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir one another on to love and good deeds. So the term we use around here for that kind of relationship uh, for that kind of tight-knit thing, is, is a D-group, okay? Uh, a D-group. And uh, I, if you'd like to know more about what a D-group is um, or the HEAR method, um, I, I preached all this a year ago in great detail. You can go on our website, fbcelgin.org. You can click Sermon Archives. The series was called HEAR, H-E-A-R. It's four weeks of it. You can listen to it in great detail. I'm not going to go into great detail, but here's a D-group, uh, the, the, the heart of it. It's a group of three to five people, same gender, they meet together once a week. They discuss what God is teaching them through their daily Bible readings, which we just talked about, right? So we've taught you how to study, how to pray. You've got a Bible reading plan uh, and their personal devotions. And our desire, uh, our hope, is that, that folks will get to be in one of these. Okay? Now, we don't give up one or two. We, we don't give up going to worship on a regular basis or being involved in Bible study. And say, well, I'm doing three. I don't have to do the rest. No, it, it's, it's all, that's the deepest level you get to. And uh, I, I want to be completely honest with you. It's going to cost you. It just does. Because we don't fit it into our church calendar. So it's not like, hey, Wednesday night, just come be in a D group. Wednesday night, we have Bible study. So we have Sunday morning, we have Bible study. So we've got other things going on. So, so for me, uh, I, I, I texted the guys in my group. Um, we're going to have, I think, I think we're going to be right at that limit. So I think I've got four other guys in my group. Texted out this week. So uh, for us, it's going to require a, a, a morning because everybody has jobs that work early. So I'm, I'm talking like a morning, like 5.30. 
That's, that's the cost, 5.30, 6 a.m. That's what it's going to take once a week to do that. And, and you know, and for me, I, it takes me a good 20, 25 minutes to get here. So that's, that's early. Like, but it's worth it. And it's worth it because this isn't just a, a core belief of the church. This is my core belief. been talking to you uh, nonstop about it, but I'll put it on the screen. So our belief is that transformation comes through the Word, and it happens best in community. That is my core belief. As I've studied the Scriptures, poured through them, I, I think change, which I need, which you need, only comes as I interact with the Word of God, and it happens best with a group of other people. So I need to be in Bible study, which, by the way, your pastor goes to Bible study on Wednesday night with the guys. Okay? I need to be in a D group. I need to be somewhere I'm, I'm telling people, dude, here's where I'm struggling. Right? Pray, for, pray for this. Pray for my, you know, fill in the blank. I need a group of guys I can trust to do that. So, and what I'm saying is you do too. You do too. Now, this is hard. You go, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't have those people yet. Okay, cool. Uh, it's okay if you don't have those people yet. Still read your Bible. Still pray. Still study it. You still do those things. But also go to a Bible study. Right? Move from worship. You're coming to worship still on a regular basis. But go to a Bible study Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Guess what? You'll probably meet some of those people that you could go, hey, would you, would you hold me accountable for my Bible reading plan? And they'll be like, yeah, dude, let's meet for breakfast, right? So that'll happen, okay? And that's, that's how, it's meant to happen organically, all right? It's meant to happen organically. So what do we do? All right, this week, this is what I want you to pray about it this week. Ready? Uh, this week, talk to God about a time and a place to meet with Him. All right, Lord, where's it going to be? Why? Because we need habits. We do, all right? You will blow it if you don't have have a plan, okay? Now, your plan may have to shift and do a little bending and flexibility, but, but you got to have a plan. So that's, that's number one. Number two, uh, make a commitment to start regularly studying the Bible and praying. So uh, number one was I'm going to choose a time and a place. I'm going to pray about this week. Number two is I'm going to make a commitment to actually do this. Okay, God, I, I know I need to be in the Word more. I haven't been. All right, I'm committing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to make it through these five months at least, all right? Ultimately, we want you 10 months, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it through midsummer at least. And then uh, last one is, it says, ask two to three people to join you in the journey. And, and that's, you know, look for people in your life. Hey, would you read the Bible with me? Would you hold me accountable? God will show you those people. Pray about it. I believe he'll take care of it, okay? Guys, I'm going to pray for our time, and then I've got a couple announcements. I've got to, I got to get you to, to Bible study. So, uh, Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for allowing us to gather this morning. Um, thanks for your word, and, and thanks for, for, for allowing us to kind of organize some systems where we can uh, focus on how to become more like you. God, bring about this change that we all desire in our life. Help us take that next step of commitment. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.